Okay, is there any echo or there any echoes left? Welcome to Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. I had the mic off. Is there echo still? Please let me know. We're going to have a great show for you today, my brothers and sisters. Uh, welcome aboard, Peggy Lopez. Welcome aboard, Tom C. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP, Michael Rodnan. All right. And of course, we've got Bruce Pollard and in the house, Melanie Keelan and Yvette Avery Herod. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Let's see if I'm missing anybody. You know, I do not like to miss all you wonderful, beautiful people. Okay, great. Let's get busy. Let's get busy. Peggy Lopez says there's no more echo, so let's get busy. And Lee Grant is in the house as well. Eric Hayes is in the house as well. Well, we have great news for you today. It turns out that... Uh, Brittany Griner has been released, and I can't be more ecstatic that something positive has happened to somebody that likely should not have been in jail after having been prescribed um, medicinal marijuana. The funny thing about it, I think it's kind of a soil is what it is. The truth of the matter is I want all drugs legalized. And the reason why has nothing to do... By the way, let me just tell for the, for the record... I don't smoke grass. I don't smoke ganja, marijuana, whatever you want to call it. I don't do it. I don't drink. I don't drink the alcohol. If, if a, somebody comes and offer me some interesting looking flavor of beer, because I love beer. I normally drink Odul, which is an non-alcoholic beer, but I'll, I'll drink it just to be social. But I generally may have real liquor once or twice a year of that much. All right, so just letting you know that this isn't personal, if you will. I also don't, you know, I, I, I don't put a whole lot of bad stuff in my body per se. But I want, I, I don't do hard drugs, none of that. But I want all drugs legalized so that it can come under the purview of anybody that's messing up can get assistance. Now, all these laws that are made for drugs just harm people. That's all they do. It's not a, it's not a moral thing. Because if it were a moral thing, we would have outlawed alcohol long time ago because alcohol kills a lot more people, right, than does marijuana. Alcohol kills a lot more people than does cocaine or any one of these drugs. I am not sure what it is with the amphetamines, not the amphetamines, that the new one that comes over, not new one, but it's been here for a while, that comes over, you know, we import a whole lot of these drugs that's been popular, killing a lot of kids in the Midwest, but I thought I think if we made them legal, we would at least have some control on how to mitigate the problems with these people that are having. And, and, and the reason, anyway, we're having a whole lot of these drug problems is because Americans, the minds of all of us are sick. The minds of all of us are sick. We are depressed. We are, we're in, we are in an economic system that is doing us harm. So what do you think people are going to do? The people who drink a lot are medicating themselves. That's what it's all about. They're medicating themselves. That's why people do drugs. It's, it, it's not a moral thing. It's just a I feel bad kind of thing. And by the way, in my early days, I was really anti-drugs and I was really anti-these things. And why would somebody do these things? Until I, I allowed my humane side to reign and realize that most people are just trying to hide the pain. Right? So anyhow, welcome aboard, my dear brothers and sisters. May Wood, good afternoon, is in the house. 
Peggy Lopez says corporate Democrats dressed in progressive rhetoric. Newsom just privatized medical Medicaid in California for poor folks. Not sure if this is a national tr- change. We'll look into it. It is a national trend. And they don't, I forgot the name that they use, but we are going to have to fight it very hard, uh, Peggy. And I'm glad that you said the right words. Pro, uh, de- corporate Democrats dressed in progressive rhetoric. That is perfect, perfect, perfect way of putting it. Um, and it's not only California that's trying to privatize Medicaid and trying to privatize Medicare. It is all of these uh, corporate Democrats and all just about every single Republican who does not believe in uh, in, 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 the, in you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, why the U.S. was able to bring home Brittany uh, Griner, but not Paul Whelan. Whelan was spent four years in prison in Russia and in 2020 was convicted on espionage charges. The U.S. has determined his detention to be unlawful and criticized the Russian criminal allegations and court process as a sham. The State Department said last week he had been transferred to a prison hospital in recent weeks, but uh, has since been returned. A senior administration official said they believe the Russians were holding Whelan release to, for a higher bar for Griner's because of the espionage charges. Yeah, what can I say? Uh, let's see what else we have here. Good afternoon, everyone from Maywood. And uh, I'm going up the list now. Uh, if I miss you, please call me. ABC News, who is Victor Bout? Arms uh, dealer known as Merchant of Death, released after Russia frees uh, Griner. Victor Boot, whose life story inspired the 2005 Hollywood movie Lord of the War, was serving a 25-year prison sentence in the United States. And, well, I think the exchange, um, I don't know, you know, what can I say? Tom C., welcome aboard. I don't think I called you out. Um, let's see what else we have here. Eric A. says, reply, uh, let's see, um, the Guardian, Victor Boot, the Lord of Lord uh, at center of Brittany Griner's Moscow, has never forgotten the notorious arms dealer who reportedly keeps a photo of Vladimir Putin in his cell. I wonder why he did that. Uh, he probably did that anticipating that at some time this would happen. Anyway, uh, let me go ahead and play the, the first time that it was released that she came. And I have a few thoughts about that. So check this out. Well, Brittany uh, Griner got released today. Uh, she was released in exchange for the Russian criminal, uh, Victor Bout, I think is his name. But anyhow, uh, I can't wait to hear how Fox News is going to uh, spin this particular one. But let's go ahead and listen to uh, the, the report and then we'll take it on the other side. Information right now from U.S. officials. This happened just a few moments ago. Griner is now in you hands with you. She's in U.S. with U.S. representatives. The swap was done in the UAE, United Arab Emirates, is where this took place. It is just a one for one for Victor Boat, not for Paul Whelan. He was not part of this. Uh, Griner, as we speak, is undergoing a medical evaluation by U.S. doctors. Uh, already, she has spoken to the president of the United States. Uh, president Biden was in the Oval Office early this morning speaking with Griner and her wife, Vice President Harris, also there per U.S. officials. We're going to hear from the president. The White House just announced he's going to be speaking at 830. So just a short time from now, we're going to hear from him in the Roosevelt Room of the White House discussing the swap. This has been months uh, in the making and talks picked up in recent weeks. Jake Sullivan, our security advisor, a few weeks ago met with Russian counterparts, the first meeting at that level in a while. There's been back channel conversations throughout. Despite the war, 
in Ukraine. U.S. and Russian officials were periodically in touch on this. Putin and the Russians had made what the U.S. officials thought were unreasonable demands months ago. But now this agreement has been made. We're going to learn a lot more in the next few minutes. We're going to hear from the president again at 8.30. But Brittany Griner now with U.S. officials. She's out of Russian custody. I am almost sure that Fox News is going to use two topics when they discuss this identity politics. When they go ahead and they said, here comes uh, here comes uh, here comes Biden releases the African-American woman releases the gay woman and not get the other guy out. Wait, I can just wait for Fox News to bring that up. We'll see. But whatever the case is, we need to get all of our political prisoners out of wherever they are. Uh, Brittany uh, Griner got a break here in uh, that she worked out for the negotiations. We don't know what happened on the backside, but happy that she's out. Let's work and continue to work to get all other out of their political prisoner state. Absolutely. So, um, Michael Rundin, I guess he made a comment about me and, and uh, a comment that relates to me not drinking. He says, overproof rum is my poison of choice. I might have a straight shot or a mixed cocktail once a week compared to most of my family. I'm a lightweight. That said, I want to legalize, tax, and regulate all drugs. Addiction is a medical issue, not a criminal one. Whether people want to use drugs for recreation or pain management, that's not my business. I just want to make sure people get help when they need help. I agree 100%. Again, folks, remember, the drug that has caused the most damage in this country is a drug called alcohol. Getting drunk. Kids going to school people going to raves, all these things with alcohol has done much more damage likely than all hard drugs and soft drugs combined. Uh, what, what we have to understand is uh, many a times drugs uh, were used to put a particular sect of our population in jail where they had little recourse and were f- and forever lost their right to vote, forever lost their right to have a decent job because once having a record, you know, and you know what is so funny in this this society? Only the people who get caught with drugs and get a sentence attached to it will their employment worth for the rest of their lives be affected, right? But most or a large percentage of people do drugs. A lot of percentage of folks do these things, and their lives will never be affected because, quote unquote, they weren't they didn't get caught or they had enough not to be caught, right? And the life that what happens to that person's economic success thereafter, it's shameful. It is shameful that people that have committed the same mistakes or done the same things in life, one got caught, one didn't. The other one zooms up. Look at Barack Obama. Look at at, uh, George Bush. They've all not, I mean, they've all, George Bush cocaine, Barack Obama, marijuana, Bill Clinton, marijuana. They never got caught and such. They could all become presidents of the United States. Some kid in the ghetto, the Barrios or Appalachia, they get caught with a bat and their life has been, would be changed forevermore. If you don't see the dishonesty, the moral pertitude in that, 
then there's something that we need to examine thus further. Michael Rodden says, Egberto has never been to a rave. Alcohol isn't the drug of choice there. Everyone try ecstasy. That just slipped out of my mouth. But I have been to a rave in Austin, Texas. But again... I'm one of those that, you know, I, I, I could play the part, but never did it. Uh, Eric Hayes says, Egberto, you okay with all fentanyl coming in and killing people, innocent people? Okay, let's be clear here. The fentanyl didn't kill, come in to kill the people. You know, you folks who like to love guns say, guns don't kill, people do. Well, you know what? People make the choice. People make the choice to go on fentanyl. It is up to us and our and parents and friends to, to guide us others to guide our friends to be our brothers keepers so that they don't make the conscious choice to take these drugs because remember eric personal responsibility something you preach about all the time personal responsibility all right personal responsibility is the border policy killing people no People are killing themselves by choosing to purchase fentanyl. As the humanist and humane person that we are, or that I am, and that the humane person that I know that most people are listening to this stuff are, what is true is we should try to help those who would otherwise make the choice to buy fentanyl. Put the blame. You always talk about, Eric Hayes, you always talk about victim mentality. Those people who took the fentanyl, and then want to blame others? Isn't that what victim mentality is? Thank you, sir. Be consistent. Daniel Lado says, we know uh, for sure there is something in the Kool-Aid that Egberto is drinking. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Egberto, most fentanyl deaths are of heroin users who don't know fentanyl is, is the, in their drugs. And they take a, a hot dose. Yeah, again, when you are in the business of buying drugs on the street, that is what's expected, Right. That is what's expected. And so uh, I suggest, Eric, you stop speaking victim mentality. Those who choose to take drugs, take drugs. All right. Brisa Egberto. Oh, they will have a field. They already, Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to impeach Biden for bringing Brittany Griner home. I can believe that. It's so she wants to impeach Biden for everything. Lee Grant says Griner was not a political prisoner. She broke Russian law and was forgiven. Okay, good. Um, I'm for that. I don't mind that, but she was a political prisoner because she was held as a political hostage. We know that, and it's that's a statement of fact that I'm making. Had she not been in this particular scenario, it would not have occurred. Mike Cisak says, we had the same kind of deal with four Afghanistan Taliban were released for one traitor soldier. It cost us many more soldiers after that. That's not true at all. Again, that is wishful thinking. That is modified history. Paul Fleming says, Trump freed 5,000 Taliban soldiers, then invited them to Camp David. And that is also true. And he, he reverted after he got the backlash, he decided not to bring them to Camp David after all. So, yeah, we need, you know, one of the things that we hope folks would have is consistency in their statements. Daniel Edo says those who choose to smuggle pot into Russia should suffer the consequences. She smuggled or not. She had medicinal uh, marijuana that was prescribed here in the United States to her, given to her. Uh, I mean, and again, she wasn't attempting to hide it or anything. It was right there in her clothes. Lee Grant says the border policy kills, rapes, traffics, and enslaves. That's not true, Lee Grant. But you also know that you're trying to be 
you know what right now, sir? Lee Grant says the border policy, or rather, uh, Paul Fleming says, if you're tired of hearing about racism, just imagine how tired we are of experiencing it. You're absolutely right, sir. All right, let's go ahead and see how Biden responded to, uh, came out in the press conference that both he and, and um, Brittany's wife had to say. Moments ago, standing together with her, my Shirelle uh, in the Oval Office, I spoke with Brittany Griner. She's safe. She's on a plane. She's on her way home. After months of being unjustly detained in Russia, held under intolerable circumstances, Brittany will soon be back in the arms of her loved ones, and, uh, and she should have been there all along. This is a day we've worked toward for a long time. We never stopped pushing for her release. It took painstaking and intense negotiations, and I want to thank all the hardworking public servants across my administration who worked tirelessly to secure her release. I also want to thank the UAE for helping us facilitate Brittany's return, because that's where she landed. These past few months have been hell for Brittany and for Charlie and, uh, and her entire family and all her teammates back home. People all across the country have learned about Brittany's story, advocated for her release, stood with her through, throughout this terrible ordeal. And I know that support meant a lot to her family. I'm glad to be able to say that Brittany's in good spirits. She uh, She's relieved to finally be heading home. And the fact remains that she's lost months of her life, experienced the needless trauma, and she deserves space, privacy, and time with her loved ones to recover and heal from her time being wrongfully detained. Brittany is, uh, is an incomparable athlete, a two-time Olympic gold medalist for Team USA. She endured mistreatment and a show, at a, at a show trial in Russia with characteristic grit and incredible dignity. She represents the best America, best about America. It is across the board, everything about her. She wrote to me back in July. She didn't ask for special treatment, even though we've been working on a release from the day one. She requested a simple quote, please don't forget about me and the other American detainees. Please do all you can to bring us home. We never forgot about Brittany. We've not forgotten about Paul Whelan, who's been unjustly detained in Russia for years. This was not a choice of which American to bring home. We brought home Trevor Reed when we had a chance early this year. Sadly, for totally illegitimate reasons, Russia is treating Paul's case differently than Brittany's. And while we have not yet succeeded in securing Paul's release, we are not giving up. We will never give up. We remain in close touch with Paul's family, the Whelan family, and my thoughts and prayers are with them today. They have to have such mixed emotions today. And we'll keep negotiating in good faith for Paul's release. I guarantee that. I say that to the family. I guarantee you. And I urge Russia to do the same to ensure that Paul's health and, you, and humane treatment un, uh, maintained until we are able to bring him home. I don't want any American to sit wrongfully detained in, in one extra day if we can bring that person home. My administration has now brought home dozens of Americans who were wrongfully detained or held hostage abroad, many of whom had been held since before I took office. And today, we also remember the other Americans that are being held hostage and wrongfully detained in Russia or anywhere else in the world. Reuniting this Americans with their loved ones remains a priority, a priority for my administration 
every person in my administration involved in this. And we're going to continue to work to bring home every American who continues to endure such an injustice. We also want to prevent any more American families from suffering this pain and separation. And I strongly urge, I strongly urge all Americans to take precautions, including reviewing the State Department's travel advisories before they travel overseas, which now includes warnings about the risk of being wrongfully detained by a foreign government. Make no mistake about it, this work is not easy. Negotiations are always difficult. There are never any guarantees. But it's my job as President of the United States to make the hard calls and protect American citizens everywhere in the world, anywhere in the world. And I'm proud that today we have made one more family whole again. So welcome home, Brittany. And now I'd like to uh, uh, invite Sherelle to say a few words to y'all. Of course, she's not excited at all about this. Sherelle, it's all yours, kiddo. Congratulations Thank again. You. Thank you. So over the last nine months, y'all have been um, so privy to one of the darkest moments of my life. And so today I'm just standing here um, overwhelmed with emotions, but the most important emotion that I have right now is just sincere gratitude um, for President Biden and his entire administration. Um, he just mentioned this work is not easy and it has not been. There's been so many hands involved. And so I'd like to take a moment to just specifically mention a few. Uh, Vice President Harris, Secretary Blinken, Jake Sullivan, Joss Geltzer from the National Security Council, Roger Cartson and Fletcher, shown from the hostage invoice office. Um, a special thank you to Governor Richardson and Mickey, um, the Mercury players, the WNB PA for your advocacy. And also, um, you guys may not know this, but um, my family has been tremendously supported by the Washington um, agency, BG's agent, um, Lindsay Colas. It's just been amazing for me and my family throughout this process. So um, today my family is whole, but as you all are aware, there's so many other families who are not whole. And so BG's not here to say this, but I will gladly speak on her behalf and say that BG and I will remain committed to the work of getting every American home, including Paul, whose family is in our hearts today as we celebrate BG being home, we do understand that there are still people out here who are enduring what I endured the last nine months of missing tremendously their loved ones. So thank you everybody for your support. Um, and today it's just a happy day for me and my family. So um, I'm going to smile right now. <laughs> um, thank you. We spend a lot of now that is true happiness. And I can imagine how she feels. Her wife is on a plane to San Antonio. And she is on a plane to San Antonio so that they can meet after being away from each other 10 months or more. I know she is, could not be more happy. For those who think that these families who are suffering uh, by having their, their folks in Russia or other places somehow uh, don't, don't see it from each other's point of view, I want to say one specific thing. Even Paul Wheeler's family, they were happy for this outcome and they've, they've made it, they've, they want everybody to know that they support that the president had very few options and rather than getting no American out, he got an American out and this is what uh, the family had to say. 
The Whalen family gave a statement uh, to Fox where they said, quote, there is no greater success than for a wrongful detainee to be freed or for them to go home. The Biden administration made the right decision to bring Miss Griner wow. home and to make the deal that was possible rather than waiting for one that wasn't going. That to. is from the Whalen incredible. family. It's incredible. Um, with that, uh, David Rode, I'll give you the final thought on this uh, before we go to break. Hats off to the Whalens. They're extraordinary. Hats off to the whale and they're extraordinary. Because again, remember, uh, what Russia wants to have everybody believe, and we can't know for a fact because we don't know how it works, right? But that you, they want to claim that Whalen was a spy and therefore it requires different options to release a spy from the United, uh, by the United States. I, look, we don't know the exact, exactly what went on there. So, I mean, the most we can actually do is speculate, right? Paul Fleming says, since Trump and Putin are such good friends, why didn't he get him out when he was in office? Again, uh, Trump, Trump, uh, Putin, Trump may think that Putin is on his side, but Putin was never on Trump's side. Trump was just being used by Putin however he needs. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe some of those classified materials would end up in Putin's hands as well, right? For the If the price is right. And uh, who knows? Anyway, Eric Hayes, they don't have the option, Egberto. They have to support him as their relative is still in Russian prison. They could have stayed quiet. They didn't have to give it. They didn't have to go ahead and give an actual statement to Fox News. They could have just stayed quiet. But that's not what they did. Okay, it took 10 years to capture the Russia arms dealer. And what? So we locked him up. We caught him. We locked him up. And now he, will, he served the purpose to exchange to get another American back home. I mean, uh, the, 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 I don't know what you're driving at. Should we have just said, we're going to hold this guy for the, for the rest of the 25 years and then let him out after 25 years, what do you think is going to be the difference? I mean, use him while he has value. And that's what we did. And that's what the, the Waylands realize. And the Waylands know also that some deal of that sort is going to be done for them as well. When you're in the same situation, you have empathy for others, hence the statement. What happens, um, what happens with, you know, uh, there, there's an issue with how some people, uh, I, I tell you what, Norman uh, sent me a, a, a podcast yesterday, late yesterday, that I asked them to process so that we can have it played for all of you. And the reason why is because it has a lot to tell you uh, if you want to understand the minds of many of our conservative brothers and sisters in this room. And actually also our lefty brothers and sisters in this room. And so I, I'm hoping that we can release what Norman is going to do in a couple of days, maybe by Monday, we hope. All right, Tom C. says, how about a swap of Trump for Putin? I would do that. Putin can go to jail for Trump in the U.S., get medical treatment and avoid being assassinated. Trump can run the war in Ukraine for Russia and lose like he does here. Yeah, because that's all he ever does. He, I, Trump has never won politically by the numbers. He has always won. The one time that he's won actually has been by a technicality, a flaw in the United States Constitution that maximizes its undemocratic nature, right? Senate is undemocratic. Uh, using a, using a, 
an electoral college for the president on democratic. So that's, that is one of the major constitutional flaws that needs to be fixed. Uh, let's see, still worried about bad orange man? No, I'm not worried about the bad orange man because the bad orange man is going to jail for the crook and thief that he is. So no, I don't think any of us should be concerned about him, but we need to keep it in the psyche for those who love him to point out how evil the guy really is. Yes, orange man is still in da a danger to our country. Yes, because God knows what he has done to the, uh, to the picture, but we don't fear him. We just fear what he may have done already. And that is give some of our secrets off to Russia or whoever will accept it. All right, let's see. Since Trump, uh, let's see what else we got here from people. Um, I'm scrolling back up because it scrolled down. Lee Grant says the barter policy kills, rapes, traffics, and enslaves. No, I think we, we in America, we do that much better than it's done on the border. You see, that is what people don't talk about. Here's what Lee Grant says. The border policy kills, rapes, traffics, and enslaves. No. We do that very well on our own, in our own communities. Check it out. Check the numbers out. I want you to realize that our citizens commit crimes at a much higher rate than does our immigrants. Please remember that before you say those things. Numbers are important. Truth is important. Knowledge is important. Okay, Daniel wants to be firm. Those who smuggle pot into Russia should suffer the consequences. She suffered. She she took medicinal marijuana in actually cannabis oil. Thank you very much. I uh, it's a well anyway. Let's see. I don't think beer is talking more about that. Laugh more like emotional. Okay, what else has we got here? Uh, Deborah Moyer says, put his ideology has infected his party. Yeah, it has infected his party and it to their detriment, right? They can't win an important race if they bought it. Talking about the politicians now. All right, you, on the other hand, appeared to get all your information from a singular source, from the deep within your echo chamber. You know, and that's, if, if there's one thing we could really get folks to do is to look at news from a point of view that is uh, not, uh, not indoctrinative, that one that just gives you fact-based information. Well, that's why for those of you that are that my, my conservative brothers and sisters, at least you're here. At least you're here. At least you're here. All right. Today's second subject other than Brittany is a story, you know, I ran up on it. I had a 50-minute uh, video of, of um, Madea Benjamin and her other video to show today. And then I ran across an article in Common Dreams, right? And I, I just love the way Brother Wolf put it. So he wrote an article uh, called... The Powell Memo Revisited. The Powell Memo Revisited. And you guys hear me speak about the Powell Memo quite often. Deborah Moyer says, you had someone on here from my town and I missed it. Who was it? Let me know and, and maybe I can show you how to get it. Get the link to it or, or something, Deborah. All right. So, um, so uh, what, uh, Brad Wolf, and I just sent Brad Wolf an email because I think we're going to get him, the guy who wrote this article at Common Dream. Uh, he's supposed to be on our show. I, 
I'm so, uh, you know, we're trying to arrange an interview for tonight or tomorrow. I, I hope to get it tonight. If I get it tonight, I'll try to process it tonight so that we can see it tomorrow. Brad Wolf is executive director and co-founder of Peace Action Network, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, former lawyer, prosecutor, professor, and community college dean, and writes for a lot of, lot of publications. So when I, when I saw this article, I said, God, I got to get in touch with him. So I got in touch with him, and I'm hoping... Let me see. He answered me and he said he was, uh, he, it, it would have been tight for tonight, but we could do it tomorrow. But I'm hoping I haven't gotten a second reply yet. But we should be doing it either tonight or tomorrow, an interview with Brad Wolf. But I want to read this particular thing. For those of you that are listening on podcasts, this is very important. Deborah says, Brad Wolf, maybe you are just getting to him. Um, I actually reached him. Uh, he answered my email and he said he could do it actually. To, oh, Brad Wolf, maybe you're just going to. Oh, so Brad Wolf is who you're talking about. Okay, here's what he wrote. The Powell Memo Revisited. And if you guys remember, I want let me, let me bring up my article on the Powell Memo because I want, I want you all to go ahead after the show. And revisit this article here that I wrote several um, several months ago, and it goes like this. Um, it's called "Oh, you live in Lancaster County." There you go. Got you. Got you. Got you. All right. Um, it's called "Oh, you live in Lancaster County." There you. Okay. There we go. Turn that off. All right. Here we go. Um, Republican successful assault on the American fabric started with him. Lewis Powell. And I wrote this entire article. I did an interview with, um, with the, one of the experts then. Um, uh, his name is, is from the Free Speech of the People, Jeff Clements. I interviewed him then. about, And we I talked about the Powell memo, etc. So please read this. I, I have a complete article on it. But when I saw this article from uh, Brad Wolf titled The Powell Memo Revisited, I wanted to take it because it was great to see different people express it in their own words, right? So here we go. Thanks to Powell and his colleagues, that's the lawyer in 1971 who subsequently Nixon appointed to the Supreme Court, he wrote a Powell for the Chamber of Commerce. And it said, I mean, a, a, a memo to the Chamber of Commerce and said, thanks to Powell and his colleagues, the planet now faces multiple crises and perhaps extinction by way of corporate hand. Justice, it seems, is hard to find. Thousands of grassroots organizations across the country seek justice for their concerns. In the U.S., over 13,785 nonprofits work for civil rights and social justice. Organizations focused on international justice as peace, refugees and international aid numbers, 23,532. Environmental groups number 27,402. Now, until corporate monoliths are disassembled and defanged, justice will be hard to find. And it goes as this. For, from peace to prison, the environment to economic inequality, many Americans fight for their cause, plead for justice. The dynamic is similar in other countries. All right? Who or what are the forces behind so much injustice and suffering? Is there a common culprit? A common thread or threat? This is something, folks, we discuss all of the time. 
1971, Lewis Powell, soon to be placed on the Supreme Court by Richard Nixon, was a high-powered corporate lawyer sitting on the boards of almost a dozen corporations when he penned the Powell Memo, a letter directed to the director of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce... Uh, to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Powell expressed his grave concern that American business and free enterprise were under full-scale attack from leftists and might altogether collapse unless drastic steps were taken. That's what he said. I mean, he wrote that in his memo, right? And I tell you what, it has never, ever stopped the fight, the attack on those who want the best from all of us. It has continued day after day after day. Now, continuing with Brad Memo's, uh, Brad, Brad, uh, memo, he said, Powell identified, and listen to this, this is important. Powell identified academia, the news media, television, art, artists, preachers, teachers, and specifically Ralph Nader and certain politicians as being the most articulate and attractive purveyors of this chorus of criticism designed to bring down the American business. Action must be taken, and now is what Powell told the Chamber of Commerce. And for those who think that I am some sort of a... uh, partisan person that only look at things one way. Here's an interesting thing. Lewis Powell was a Democrat. Yes. So when you hear Peggy Lopez says, look at what uh, 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 Newsom is doing in California by privatizing Medicaid, she has a point. The fight is not with Republicans. The fight is not with uh, with the fight is with neoliberals. The fight is with neoliberal Republican politicians, which are most, and the fight is with neoliberal Democrats, which represent about thirty to forty percent of the party. They are the ones selling us all out. Continuing, 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 continuando. Citizens were challenging big business, holding them accountable demanding governmental oversight, exercising their democratic rights. To Powell, the corporate lawyer and perennial corporate member, board member, this was a bridge too far. The chorus must be killed. Power return to the kings. You have to remember this, folks. The idea here is this. We, have, we don't have a king anymore. We have the corporate elite that runs everything, right? We have to take back the power. And how do we do that? Vote in the primaries and remember to elect progressive politicians solely. Continuing. The future Supreme Court justice went on to outline the detail, in detail how the corporate world must retake control and influence over every aspect of American life. Academia must be seeded with professors sympathetic to business, textbooks renewed and evaluated. Let me stop right there because I'm not done with the sentence, but check this out. 
Notice what happens in colleges right now. We have all the professors. They're trying to get rid of all these lefty professors. And what do you see happening in high schools and in elementary schools and in middle schools? They're trying to remove books right now. The right-wing machine that is run by a small plutocracy who fools them into believing that they're doing something magnanimous. They're throwing away books. And now in Florida, they are forcing them to teach that Capitalism is a necessary component of democracy. They preach. They, I mean, Santa, Santa, DeSantis is wanting the people to preach that our economic system, that, that, uh, that democracy is dependent on us having a capitalist elite. Think about that. That is being indoctrinated, inculcated, inculcated into the minds from being young. And that's why we have so much problem trying to convince the likes of Eric Hayes and others. You know why? Because the indoctrination has been solely and mostly complete. Anyway, so Powell made a similar argument about the media, news organizations, and owned by the corporations. And they, wait, 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 I, I missed one. Academia must be seeded with professors sympathetic to big business, textbooks reviewed and evaluated, guest speakers deployed on campuses to counter the narrative Powell wrote that corporations provide lucrative contracts and benefits to colleges and universities, and these should be used to influence precisely what occurs on a college campus. Powell made a similar argument about the media. News organizations are owned by corporations, and they too must be persuaded to realize that their corporate profits hang in the balance if they continue to publish stories unfavorable to American business. Stories about consumer rights and environmental rights must stop. In other words, forget it. Forget it. The same for television and medium Powell highlighted as perhaps the most effective source of information. Or what we should call disinformation. The Powell arena must, be not, must not be neglected, said Powell, because political power is necessary. Such power must be assiduously cultivated, and when necessary, it must use aggressively and with determination, without embarrassment, and without the reluctance which has been so characteristic of American business. In other words, no holds barred. Lean on public servants in a way they have never experienced. I mean, this is what a future Supreme Court, court, court judge is telling business they must do infiltrate everything create the lies create the cato institute create the heritage foundation that can lie to the american people that can indoctrinate the american people that's what this paper said right then he continues paid advertisements the courts Stockholders, lobbyists, writers, think tanks, and the Chamber of Commerce itself, with its hundreds of chapters across the country, must be utilized, weaponized in this war against the chorus of critics. In other words, do not, do not allow anything to get past you. Attack, attack, lie, lie, misinform, misinform, indoctrinate, indoctrinate. To read the Powell Memo today, like this is according to Brad, 
To read the Powell Memo today is deeply disturbing, not just because it was written by a future Supreme Court justice who was advocating corporate takeover of American democracy, but also because the action detailed were so successfully deployed and completed. Powell was prescient. His plan worked. And the average American pays the heavy price today. They're either indoctrinated by believing what they put out there or... They're living through the carnage that it has created. I mean, it, it is so disconcerting, but something we can do something about. So Powell was prescient. His plan worked, and the average American paid a heavy price. In the United States, power no longer lies with the halls of Congress or the White House, but within corporate temples. Our foreign policy, our diplomacy, our fighting strategy are all influenced and dependent upon corporate weapons manufacturers with their legal legions of lobbyists depositing $285 million into the campaign work chess of candidates across the country, spending a total of $2.5 billion in lobbying over the last 20 years. The U.S. Supreme Court opened the doors to such on limited corporate campaign spending in its Citizens United bill. And I can issue another bills as well, like the McCutcheon bill and several others that have allowed unlimited spending by corporations, unlimited spending by certain PACs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's where we are. Fossil fuel companies turn up the heat on all of humanity such that we literally boil from climate catastrophe also they can take in record profits working hand in glove with weapons manufacturers and the media they foster war and generate enormous revenue to each using lawyers and lobbyists to implement their cancerous policies think about it folks many colleges no longer teach or even believe in broad-based liberal arts education, but rather are technical training schools for investment, banks, marketing firms, law firms, accounting firms, weapon manufacturers, and conservative or military think tanks. With the funding of buildings, research grants, and faculty chairs, the corporate takeover of our intellectual life is virtually complete. Students travel through four years of college without a course in American government, history, or literature dependent on Woolley on an informed electorate. Prisons are privatized, corporatized, thereby influencing criminal justice reform. Schools are privatized and corporatized, thereby influencing the development of young minds. Our media, and more importantly, now our social media is owned by corporate oligarchs who influence the narrative fed to us each day, a narrative designed to keep people scared and pitted against each other. And that's why I say... Everybody that I come in contact with will automatically be a brother and a sister. Notice I always call, I I teach myself how to love everybody because I cannot hate a brother. I cannot hate a sister. So you're all my brothers and sisters. And that is how we are going to solve the problem. We can't allow the plutocracy to create false narratives, to create false hate among us. We can't. Lest they win. Thanks to the Powell uh, and his co- thanks to Powell and his colleagues, the planet now faces multiple crises and perhaps extinction by way of corporate hand. The danger is real, existential, measurable. 
the dead can be counted, the homeless, the hungry, the drought-stricken, and the war-ravaged from a chorus of suffering. Corporate profits, CEO salaries, lobbying expenditures, and tax cuts reveal the why and how. Exxon Mobil, Shell, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, Vanguard, BlackRock, North, Northern Grumman, Core Civic, and all their kin have staged a hostile takeover of government and the daily life of its people. They hold the reins. They are the common thread and threat until corporate monoliths are disassembled and defanged. Justice will be hard to find. And it's interesting, right? Because he called it a hostile takeover. That's one part I differed with him. It wasn't a hostile takeover. We willingly ceded our minds to these corporate terrorists. We ceded our well-being. We ceded our common sense to these thugs and ties. And if we ceded it, we also have the power to take it back. And it starts by voting in primaries for progressive people all around the board. All right, we've got Maywood. No, that's a reply. Daniel says, Egberto is like a stalker. He's going to love you, brother, whether you want it or not. Yeah, I think you got that about right, uh, Brother Lado. You have that right. And I make no apologies for that. Carl Cox says, too many Americans believe in the Powell Doctrine. Mega rich, mega corporations are destroying the entire world, not just America. Too many Americans believe in a fascist America. Eric says, Rudnan, leave it to him. The virtual signal echo chamber police to come on it and give opinion on his fact. Not opinion, facts, brother. Pack. Come on, come on now. Come on, come on. All right. Yes, folks, if you're in YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and consider joining our PDR Posse. Click that join button. Become a part of us. Help support the program. Bridge MCP says, Egberto, you can stalk me anytime. And I will, and I will, and I will. Eric Hay says, Rodnan, how about the questions you won't answer? Rodnan has already left the program. He had to take off early today. Uh, Brice Egberto, the great resignation hits school boards. Only 38% of members want to run for re-election. The shift comes at time when conservative groups are supporting candidates who want to pass local policies that ban racial and social justice teachings in classrooms and books in classrooms. On the other hand, a political side, some advocates and experts are calling for more diversity in school leadership, said turnover is an opportunity to elect new members. That's true. But let me tell you something. This little thing here, they can do whatever they want with books. But once you get on a thread, on a learning thread on TikTok, it's amazing. TikTok, Instagram, they're bad for you, but they can be good if we teach folks how to use them appropriately. I can tell you there's a lot of good info that's, that's actually fact-checked and that you can fact-check yourself that is ready to go. All right, let's see what else we got here before I go. Daniel Ledo says, if I, had Egberto, if I had my way, Egberto would be in a re-education camp. I would sleep well because Egberto would still love me. There you go. That's great. I'm glad to hear, I'm glad to hear that, uh, Brother Ledo. You're killing me, as, as, uh, as Vrij would say. Peggy Lopez says, hustle takeover. Is correct. During the 1940s and 50s, the education system taught misogyny and racism. Uh, the manipulation of children's mind has always been a part of the job of 
government. I hear you, girl. I hear you. I still, I think I still disagree with you on calling it a hostile takeover, I think. And let me tell you why. Because I think it was done more underhandedly such that we willingly accepted it. It's like, like uh, uh, feeding poison to somebody on a, in a very slow manner to get their body to accept it and eventually create a strong resistance to small dosages of said poison. That's my thought. Deborah Moyer says, it would be great to know what Instagram TikTok sites you feel are informative. Actually, that's not how it works. Deborah, what happens is if you happen to like a lot of, let's, when you start Instagram or or TikTok for the first time, and you start scrolling through story after story, you see a lot of junk, people making fun of each other, all that kind of stuff. And every now and then you'll see a professor comes up or a doctor comes up that gives a story and they use TikTok as their platform to disseminate information. And if you start liking things that are sensible, TikTok starts serving you sensible stuff from those folks who are writing those things. It, it happens over time. Now, you have to want to do it, though, because TikTok has so much junk that is very entertaining that sometimes I fall prey to it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get into a 10 or 15 minute stupor and I'll, I'll, go into the, I'll, go into, I'll go right down the rabbit hole and then I'll drag myself out and start going for the important stuff. Tom C. says to run DeSantis woke is the belief that there are systemic injustices in American society and the need to address them. DeSantis doesn't believe that there were any systemic injustices in the United States. It's amazing that I've, that it, but that's true. When uh, the poison is present in the body that you want to increase the dosage of poison, the person being poisoned is unaware of the poison because it seems normal. Exactamente, Peggy. Bridge MCP says woke is a scary word as is taxes. Haha. <laughs> Breaking news. The Justice Department just asked a federal judge to hold the Trump team in contempt for not turning in all classified documents. Great. Uh, Eric Hayes says, TikTok and all data mines so used at your own risk. That's true. You use it at your risk. That's why I told folks how to use it. Deborah, it makes sense. I fall prey to the cat videos because I miss my baby. I hear you, girlfriend. Bridge MCP say, yes, Paul Fleming Sr. Anyhow, anyhow, folks, we are up at the hour. I just want to ask you guys, when you get a chance to support the show, please uh, either go to Join the show. Join, click that join button on YouTube if you're on YouTube right now. If you're not on YouTube, you can find all the support for our program uh, at this. I'm going to give you the link. I just pulled up the thing where I have all my links in there. You can go ahead and support us at politicsunright.com slash support. That has all the different methods under which you can support us. Politicsunright.com slash support. Peggy Lopez says to add the poison to a poisoner body is to be added slowly or you'll kill the body and mind you are tempting to manipulate. Perfecto. That is exactly right. Uh, thank you guys all for staying here with me. My name is Egberto Willis. You, uh, I'll see you tomorrow. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Unright and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Oh! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know 
is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.